wonderful show is keeping up with the Joneses. Everybody, if you could just hear what AJ Jones said before we started recording, it would make your mother blush. I, it would not, not if your mother was married. <laughs> <laughs> it made me blush, and I'm married. <laughs> Alan and I had a discussion like a couple days ago where he was like, oh. I didn't know that that was your need, so I'm just making my needs known for later. (laughs) Very specific, very articulate, and very granular in your needs. You know what, though? Isn't that helpful? Now you know exactly what my needs are. (laughs) It's very helpful, and I feel guilt for shaming you (laughs) so that my shame will go away. And now I'm blushing. Okay. Welcome back to the podcast. We're excited that you're here. I don't usually get to make you blush, so that's kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's been the other way around for 15 years, so buckle up, buttercup. So now you're getting feedback. (laughs) You've discovered the little button that you can press and make me go. That's right. Ah. How was your week? Good. It was was good. It was a good week. Go anywhere new? No, it didn't go anywhere new. (laughs) Do any new movies? (laughs) Nope. Yesterday we didn't have a teenager. This morning we woke up. We had a 13-year-old in our house. And she's gorgeous. She's just stunning. It, it's probably worth mentioning right at the, the start that we are running on several hours of sleep. Or several hours less sleep than we should be running on. Yeah, I read a study that said that drunk people outperform sleep-deprived people. Oh, dear. So technically, <laughs> technically we're podcasting drunk that explains a lot about the last 10 minutes right we had we have a 13 year old of course we're on lockdown she understandably had lots of feelings about not being able to have a party not being able to go out we have a family tradition that we do every birthday we can't do any of that yep and so she was feeling lots of sadness i asked what she needed and she was like you know what i want to do something special yes so i was like well what do you want to do that's special and she was like i would love it if you could make me an escape game yes and so i was like you mean you want me to lock you in a room and you have to solve puzzles to... Yeah, and she was like, yes. So then the kids, the other her siblings, were all like, can we play? Can we play? So for the last week, I've been scheming and devising a, uh, what do you call it, an escape room. And ordering tricky things like mm-hmm. books with combination locks and, and things like that. And safes. And, yeah. And, uh, and so the plan was last night, we all locked them in this room. I literally reversed the lock on the bedroom, so the lock was on the outside. So they truly were locked in. And I'm not sure if that's legal. Well, we had contingency plans. Yeah. Very specific contingency plans, uh, which they later followed, which is where the story's going. And so we put them into bed at eight o'clock. We thought this was going to be great. We went to bed at 2 a.m. I get a phone call. Okay. We didn't go to bed at eight o'clock because I still had to make cheesecake and other things for the birthday. So we actually went to bed at like 1130. Right. They went to bed at eight. Yes. About 2 a.m. from the dead asleep, my my wrist vibrates and I look at it and it's my daughter and she's like can you come upstairs so I go upstairs all three kids are kind of having a revolt they're like it's too hot in here I'm hungry can we sleep in our own beds so I'm like yes and then came downstairs well then I had to kind of reconfigure our house alarm and our lights and because there was a bunch of home automation stuff into integral to the the escape game yeah so needless to say I didn't really get any sleep between two and well you came back to bed at like 2.45 and got back in bed and I lied there for another 45 minutes still couldn't sleep so I got up and left and then you getting up convinced me there's no point trying to sleep so I played on my phone for like another hour and a half well I was texting you because I wasn't sure if you were asleep or you were playing on the switch (laughs) and then I realized wait you're not dead at first I couldn't find you on any of the cameras I was like 
have you been raptured? Because if so, that messes with my theology. <laughs> I was sitting in the dark because I didn't want a light to wake anybody up. Right. So I eventually I got up. I just played Nintendo till dawn. Yeah. He got up at like 5.30 and I went back to bed at 6 and then we got up at 7.45. And So who knows what's going to happen in this episode yeah. because it's hard stringing words together. I'm amazed I showered and didn't drown. And I don't know how you would drown in a shower, but I could have done it. <laughs> we wanted to thank everybody who has started listening to the podcast, all of the new people, and then all of our faithful people that have been watching for a while. And we're so happy to be back. We've also enjoyed doing the live Instagram hangs with you guys and answering your questions and seeing your names go by. And it's just been, it's been super fun. Last week, we started on this journey about feelings, and we introduced this wonderful book. Uh, well, a book that wasn't wonderful the first time I read it, because <laughs> I really didn't enjoy it, but now love it. Uh, a book called Voice of the Heart by Chip Dodd. Many of you in the comments said you've already purchased a copy, so hopefully it's arrived by now. It's the book that we're going to be using to go through these eight feelings. And indeed, in the book, Chip makes this radical statement. He says that basically there's only eight core feelings and uh, one of the keys to living fully is to get very, very fluent what, with what those eight feelings were. So a reminder, our eight feelings are... Hurt, lonely, sad, angry, fear, shame, guilt, and glad. You win a t-shirt or Thank a ticket you. or Thank something because that was great. <laughs> Here's the thing. If we don't understand that there are eight core feelings, which I didn't until I read the book. I thought it was ludicrous. I was like, there's not just eight there's so many more than that. How can they say that? Right. Very limiting. Yeah. So initially, that's that was our reaction. <laughs> yeah. But what I've since come to learn and appreciate is that if we don't practice the discipline of distilling what we're feeling into those eight core feelings. Which takes work. Which takes work. Yeah. We end up moving away from the truth of what we're feeling. Yeah. So what I mean by that is, uh, especially... Uh, in our kind of church world, especially in the kind of Christian world, it's not good to have some of the negative feelings. Well, actually, probably the only feeling, like we talked about last week, is is glad is the only one that we would probably say, oh, that's a good feeling. So here's a discipline I want you to try and practice and then in the coming weeks that we're doing. This is what we'd, we'd love you to do is whenever you're feeling a feeling or whenever you're feeling something, like forget if you're feeling a feeling, let's say you're just like, I'm feeling something, your first attempt is going to be probably to say something other than those eight feelings. Like, I'm super ticked, or I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm just, upset. Oh, yeah, I'm upset. There's a great banal vanilla statement. I'm upset. I'm upset. Stop right there. That's beautiful. Like, you've identified something's going on in here, but I'm upset doesn't help you, doesn't help the people who are in relationship with you. Sit and think, what makes up my upset? If I was going to make a shopping list out of the eight core feelings, what part of those eight core feelings are in my upset? Because upset for you might be very different than upset for me, which might yeah. be very different than upset for you. Yeah. I often say I'm aggravated or I'm frustrated. Like right. I feel frustrated. And you'll be like, oh, what feeling is that? Which makes me feel frustrated. <laughs> But even we we had something last night. Do you want to yeah. talk about? Yeah. Let's talk about that so I don't uncover you. Okay. So we just got into bed and I was like, I I just need to cuddle. I I feel I I feel things, you know. So we're talking in bed and I said, "Babe, I think I feel overwhelmed." Right. And you said, "Do you know what what's overwhelmed? Like, do you know what you feel in that?" And I was like, "Uh, 
yeah, I think I feel angry and lonely and sad. And so moving from overwhelmed to angry, lonely, and sad man, oh, I know what angry and lonely and sad feels like. I can be with you and you're angry, lonely, and sad. I can I can sit with you. But feeling overwhelmed, like feeling overwhelmed for me might be made up of completely different feelings. So the, the, the discipline we want to get you to just play around with, just start practicing this with yourself, is whenever you're feeling something, stop and kind of work out what are the components of the something that I'm feeling. Because we, we, well, me, I, I spent years getting away from those eight core feelings. And so it takes a little bit of work returning to them. But here's the beauty. Yeah. Any step away from those eight core feelings is a step away from truth. And if we want the, the vulnerable relationships that we're all dreaming of, that comes out of being truthful and being vulnerable. And so it's, it's a simple step, but gosh, it's, it's sometimes really hard work because sometimes I don't know what I'm feeling. And for me, I need to talk about it. For you, like... We had a little discussion about uh, how long you'd been feeling that for and why it was at 11 p.m. <laughs> that you'd carried that all day. Do you want to unpack that? It yeah. Was, yeah, I was feeling and, – and it was getting added to all day. And so some of it was – yesterday was just a busy day, getting ready for a birthday today and uh, doing things like grocery shopping and wearing masks and – uh, making cheesecake for the first time and all those kind of things, uh, but then throw in some conversations with family and and things like that. And I didn't process how I was feeling about anything. I was just sort of piling on, and so I realized I sort of woke up and immediately felt kind of lonely. And then it just, I just was collecting in buckets all day. Yeah, and and my question, which which is th- this, might sound like a shaming question. That certainly wasn't my heart. I don't know if it felt shaming to you. Was I was curious about what it was that took the whole day to go through that until eleven p.m. before uh, there was awareness of this is what I'm feeling. And I think I, I think I even said last night, babe, my sadness is you've walked through all of this distress, all these feelings without knowing what you're feeling, without knowing your needs, all day. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm glad to be with you. Now that could all be my story about, you know, not being involved and yada yada yada. But do you know what was going on that took you till 11 p.m.? Well, so I think it's safe to say I'm historically bad at knowing what I'm feeling or how I got there, and because I don't really verbally process a whole lot, uh, it takes me a while. Like I tend to contemplate. and then also it felt like there was so much to do and so much to get done to be ready for today that it didn't seem like I could do that, which right. I, I probably could have yeah, uh, because I probably spent more energy running from how I was feeling, like in terms of what it cost me. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think I, yeah, I was, I was choosing to be disconnected from how I felt, but then I wasn't actually because I could feel it the right. whole way through. Like at dinner, I said we were doing our highs, lows, and unexpected. unexpected. And I said my low is I felt sad all day. And so Tia said, "Mommy, why do you feel sad?" And I said, "I don't know." Like so, uh, I knew I was feeling something. Stuff. Yeah, I just didn't feel like I had time to stop and think about it. Right. Yeah. And and the reason we tell that story 
when we go back and forth and contrasting like I'm just this verbal processor who's going to talk all the time and and you like to sit contemplate think is there's not a right way of doing this there's a beautiful clumsiness to learning to walk out like my, my approach of just talking about it isn't better than AJ's approach of of sitting with it like there I think I have fear in that we're talking about this that somehow we're like, okay, so this is what you need to do, A, B, C, feel your feelings, tell the truth, and everything's going to be okay. No, like life, as we're going to discover, is not okay. Life has the opportunity to be incredibly glorious, but life is also filled with incredibly tragic moments, like, you know, a global pandemic that's shutting down the whole world. And yet in that, we get to be human, we get to be clumsy, we get to be together, we get to be apart. And so we're just trying to, we are trying to make our living visible uh as an encouragement good how do you feel sharing all of that in front of everybody no i'm fine what's fine what's fine <laughs> oh okay when oh. oh when we used to have group and they would say stuff like that i'd be like oh, i feel really angry right now what's fine fine i don't know i i, I feel at peace i feel i feel less lonely oh mm-hmm so talking about the loneliness you felt yesterday leads you to feeling less lonely. Yeah. I mean, even just talking about all that stuff with you last night, uh, I, I, then I fell right asleep. So in the previous night, because it, it had started with a conversation uh, with a family member the previous night where I just wasn't identifying how I was feeling. Mm. And I just didn't sleep well, carried that into the next day kind of thing. So. Yeah. Beautiful. I think what I would love to encourage you with is, again, because Alan started this journey before I did, he all of a sudden had this new set of language uh, that I was like, I, I don't, I don't know how to talk that. Like I, I need some definition. Right. Um, and for me, it, it felt a little scary uh, just because I was like, I, I don't, I don't know what it means when you say you're angry and why we're okay with that and things like that. So, <laughs> right? so yeah. So I think I just want everybody listening to realize or to know that in the next couple of weeks, we're going to try and bring some definition to what do all these emotions look like? What it like when we say angry, what does that mean? When we say lonely, what does that mean? Um, because uh, it's, you're learning a new, a new way of, kind of relating to the world and relating to your own heart mm-hmm. and uh it does to begin with take work like take effort um but it starts getting a little bit easier as you get used to it i i when i first started um going to group and people would sit there and and they would read off that they felt all eight emotions and i was just in my head be like how how? how like in my head i was like my question is how how do you feel eight emotions at once how you know and i would always be like huh well i feel glad and i know they're gonna say if i only pick glad that i have to pick another one so uh i feel <laughs> you know i'm trying to like you know i just it took me longer to catch on like, oh that's the truth i mean i literally I literally couldn't identify my feelings if you wrote them down on a piece of paper. And that's not an exaggeration. For a year, every week, either my therapist or in group, they'd be like, and what are you feeling? And here's a cheat sheet. There's eight of them written down. Just, you know, talk about. I couldn't tell if I was angry. I thought in order for me to feel angry, 
you know, a child had to be kidnapped in front of me. Like, I am angry about that injustice. I didn't realize I could be angry about lesser things. I thought angry was reserved to the big stuff. And, you know, I wasn't fearful. Are you kidding me? Like, I'm more than a conqueror in Christ. I've got no fear. I didn't know what to do with them. And so I want to encourage you that just listening to some of like us unpacking what's inside a feeling will probably help you identify like, oh, I didn't know that was shame. I didn't know that was a component of fear. Yeah. And um, I'm excited about that. Before we even jump into that, though, I want to tell you some really good news about feelings. I also want to tell you some good news and some bad news about feelings. And it's this. First of all, I want you to understand that feelings are just a truth about an experience we're having, right? That's a kind of a confusing statement, but your feelings are true to you about how you experience an event. Now, the event that you're having feelings about might not be real. So just just before we started recording, um, we, we're trying out something new. We've got some new lights. We're trying a bunch of stuff. And I'm trying to set the camera up. I've had to move stuff around in the studio. And I hear AJ go... <sighs> This big, long exhale, which to me is code for, hey. You suck. You are the worst person ever. Like, I wish you weren't born. I can't believe how bad you are all of this. You literally suck. Like, that's code in my head. So I'm having really real feelings about that really real experience. But the narrative that's told me that when AJ breathes heavily, she's upset at me, isn't true at all. Does that make sense? But that doesn't nullify the feeling I was having. Yeah. So I'm feeling fear that AJ's upset with me. I'm feeling guilt that I'm not better at this. I'm feeling really toxic shame that, you know, if if I was, you know, better prepared, I wouldn't have to keep her waiting. Yeah. I'm no, feeling sadness <laughs> that, you know, I'm, sometimes I'm, I'm, I'm causing her pain. And so I said to AJ, hey, babe, I feel really sad when you make that, you know, breathing. And AJ said, I said, babe. I my whole life I do every once in a while I do deep breaths. I don't know if it's because I was asthmatic or whatever it is, but I've always done that, and it doesn't mean anything at all. It's been happening for fifteen years, and every time I do it, you think I'm upset with you, and it happens all the time. I'm not upset. I just breathe that way. <laughs> and so suddenly I'm like, oh, the story I told myself about what you're feeling yeah. isn't true. So don't get hung up on your feelings like, well, well, those feelings weren't right to have. We're not talking about whether they're right to have or not. You're going to have feelings whether you think you should or Against you shouldn't. Against your will. You, you will, will have, have feelings. feelings. <laughs> but it's a truth just about the experience you're having. That's, that's all it is yeah. in one sense. And so, it's still your truth. Yeah. Yeah. And the reason we want to get really, really good at feeling our feelings is it allows us to be present and truthful with ourselves which allows us to be present and truthful with each other, which allows us to be present and truthful with the Lord. It just enhances our relationships. If we're going to move away from the truth of what we're feeling, we then build this hidden agenda that we're now managing. So like, if I'm not brave enough to actually tell AJ, hey, babe, I feel scared when you sigh because this is what goes on inside my... Here's, let me make my storyteller true to you, which is hugely vulnerable because AJ could turn around and shame me for that. Like, well, you know, that's your issue and, you know, you should man up and I can't believe all this namby pamby. She didn't do any of that. She was just like, babe, I'm so sorry. Like, this is how I breathe. That, that wasn't the truth of it. And I'm like, oh, okay. That builds intimacy and that builds connection. I know. I kind of, kind of just want to, like, jump you right now, actually, even as you're explaining it. <laughs> we'll be back after this uh, commercial break. Commercial break. <laughs>
And we're back. Um, feelings work, I'm telling you, leads to unexpected adventures. <laughs> so here's the good news I, I want to tell you. This is the great news about feelings. Every feeling comes with a gift. And we're going to talk about what each of the gifts are with each of the feelings. The only way to get to the gift of the feeling is to feel the feeling. And that's why it's really, really important that we're truthful about what we're feeling, uh, in part so that we're authentic to ourselves, but also so that we receive the gift that God packaged up inside the feeling. Yeah. Here's the downside. If we're not going to be honest about what we're feeling, if we refuse to feel what we're feeling, if we try and hide our feelings, if we live with an agenda that you did, that I didn't have feelings about the way you breathe, all that sort of stuff, uh, what's going to end up is we're not going to get the gift. We're actually going to get an impaired version of the feeling, which basically means your feelings are going to come out sideways. So what we're going to do every week is we're going to take the feeling, like this week we're going to talk about hurt. We're going to talk about what is the gift of hurt, which even that just sounds bizarre. It does. It's yes. As somebody who's experienced a lot of hurt, it didn't feel like there was a lot of gift in any of it. So we're going to unpack what the gift is, and then we're going to look at well, what's the impairment if we refuse to feel our feelings? Yeah. I was more in touch with the impaired version of the feeling because, of course, I practiced refusing to feel my feelings. Yeah. But the, the, this is the promise: there's a gift and there's an impairment. As we said this week, we're going to focus on hurt. Woo! Can I get a whoop whoop for hurt? Yeah, whoop whoop. Here's the thing about hurt. Nobody wants to feel it, but actually feeling hurt is vital for full living. Hurt actually tells us that we're in pain. Yes. And understanding that we're in pain is just huge for full living. There's a physical, a physiological disorder called congenital congenital insensitivity to pain. It's literally where you're, you have no pain receptors. It's a very, very rare disease, but children can be oh, born wow. with it. And uh, I remember hearing about this when I was a kid thinking, man, it'd be awesome to never feel like you're in pain. Yeah. Now as a parent raising children and thinking, wow, actually my children not knowing they're in pain uh, yeah. would be terrible, which is why it leads to sadly really high death rates in infants because they don't know the stove is on. They've got their hand there and they don't feel pain. Or That's kind of like me with the bath. <laughs> from infant mortality to it's like you having a bath please go on well, i'm just thinking because i served tables for 14 years i don't really feel heat in my fingers and i can pick up hot plates and it doesn't really burn me or i can burn me and not really feel it so like at restaurants waiters will hand you a plate and they'll go oh no i'll put it in front of you it's hot and it never feels hot to me the problem is i use the same hands to stick my hand in the bath to determine if it's the right temperature before I place my entire body in the bath. And usually it's cook your innards hot and I have not clocked that. So now I use a meat thermometer. <laughs> True story. We keep a meat thermometer in our bathroom so AG doesn't scald herself and, as she says, cook her innards. <laughs> yep. Right. The point is, knowing that you're physically in pain is essential for survival. And as it's true in the physical, it's also true in the emotional as well. Feeling hurt is, is a gift that lets you know that the, the pain is present. Yeah. And what's interesting about hurt is hurt actually shows up in all the other feelings. That's amazing. So when you're feeling loneliness, there is the hurt. Of, of being alone because we're social beings. We're made, made to be connected with people. When we're feeling sad, there's hurt in the loss of what we're grieving over. So you will find hurt in all seven other feelings. Hurt is an absolutely vital feeling. So here's the thing. We will get hurt in life. No. Yes. 
Hurt is absolutely unavoidable, and that's not an ungodly belief. That's just the truth. You live on a planet with a bunch of other people. Hurt's going to be part of it, right? Mm -hmm. So if you think about John 16, verse 33, it says, In this world you will have trouble. That word trouble there means pressure, doesn't it? Yeah, it it means pressure. It means affliction. And by the way, that's Jesus speaking. Jesus is telling everybody, hey, in this world, you're going to have trouble. Yeah. When when we actually became Christians, we didn't didn't get something that said, now everything's going to go perfectly swimmingly and you're never going to have problems again. And, And here's what's worse is your hurt is often caused by the people who are closest to you. Oh, that's for sure. Which means the person sitting next to me has hurt me the most. See? Just evidence and example of that. (laughs) By the way, you missed my sensitive nipples, so well done. (laughs) If we are going to have the rich relationships that we desperately desire, we are literally signing up for a world of hurt. Yep. Right? If Parents, you know this. You've got kids and you love them. But they're able to hurt you and cause pain like nobody else. And if you don't have kids, you had parents. You remember being hurt by your parents. Yeah. Right? They love you. And we experience hurt. And so hurt is unavoidable. And we're going to have the option to feel hurt a lot. So we might as well get good at processing it. Right. Because in order to live fully, we actually have to get good at feeling hurt. So you might be thinking, Alan, AJ, get to the gift and hurt. Well, actually, there's two gifts in hurt, two for the price of one. Amazing. Number one is if we will feel our hurt, if we will get in touch with the pain, we will find healing. And not only that, we will find the courage to find healing. And that's our two gifts. And you might be thinking, well, how does that work? Well, uh, it's more good news disguised as bad news. (laughs) Oh, good. (laughs) If we've worked really hard to avoid our feelings, there's another thing that we've been working really, really hard to avoid. Yeah. And that's our needs. Oh. Right? Because in our culture, we don't want to be seen as needy. No. Especially in church culture. Like, well, I don't want to be one of those needy people. As a pastor, that's one of the most common things. When I meet with people and I'm saying, I'm so sorry you're going through this. Like, you know, let's talk about that. And they're like, well, I didn't want to talk about it. I just didn't want to appear needy. I'm like, newsflash, we are created utterly needy, utterly dependent. We Remember the good news is we needed a savior because we couldn't save ourselves. Somehow we think we get saved and then we no longer have any needs. That's actually what, um, when I finished the Sage Hill training, one of uh, the people who led our group Mm -hmm. said to me, their desire for me was that I would get needy. And I was like, what? I will punch you in the throat. (laughs) You want me to do what? Uh, But I get it now. (laughs) Yeah. And that's honestly one of the gifts of feeling hurt. Feeling hurt tells us we're in pain, our pain tells us we have a need. Yeah. Knowing that we have a need is one of the first steps to finding healing. Yeah. Then you have something Jesus can answer, don't you? Right. Yeah. So if I'm feeling hurt because I was rejected, then I'm aware that my need is to be accepted. I have a thought for you. Go on. And we may have talked about this a few weeks ago, or maybe it was just you and I talking, but I was just thinking about, you know, Jesus, when he would heal people, before he healed them, he always asked them what they wanted, even though you would think it would be blindingly obvious. Well, he's a leper. Well, he's blind. Well, he's, but he's actually asking them to be in touch with what they need so he can actually answer a need. It's almost like Jesus knew about the human condition. Who knew? That's beautiful. Yeah. That really is beautiful. Yeah, yeah, like blind Bartimaeus. What is it you want me to do for you? Yeah. You're uh, like, uh, could you take a guess? <laughs> are you kidding right now? Are I want to dance. <laughs> 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 I 
<laughs> right. <laughs> we probably needed more sleep before we recorded a podcast. Honestly, we're professionals. <laughs> <sighs> okay, where were we? I don't know. Back to the notes, Jones. Right. We're talking about if we're feeling our pain, yeah. our pain will tell us what we need. Yes. So we're talking about like if I feel pain because of rejection, I know my need is acceptance. If I'm feeling hurt, um, Perhaps I realize that, like, oh, what I need in my hurt is I need somebody to to take responsibility for the hurt they caused me. And I need somebody to make amends. Or perhaps I'm hurt and sitting in my hurt helps me realize that actually what I need is some space. So feeling our feelings leads us to our our needs. You're going to hear that over and over again, that repeatedly, that you're not going to know what you need till you know what you're feeling. One of the the most common questions people ask people who are in trauma, like when my parents died, my parents died within about a year and a half of each other. Beautiful, well-meaning, honest, good, sincere friends would call me and they would be like, hey, if there's anything you need, just let me know. And it wasn't lip service. I know these people would drop and do anything for me. But that was a useless question because I didn't know what I needed. Right. Right? So, so important to feel our feelings so we know what our needs are. Yeah. So when we embrace that we're needy and we admit that we're hurt, we actually get to take the first steps towards healing, which is actually really encouraging. Yeah. Also, when we admit that we're hurt, we're actually practicing a form of vulnerability, <gasps> which yes. is so powerful. And, yeah. and it says that God draws close to the humble, but he knows the proud from afar. And so, you know, admitting that you're hurt is a humbling process. You're yeah. just saying, hey, you actually had access to the control panel of my heart, and now I am feeling hurt because of our interaction. Right. It's, it's hugely vulnerable, hugely powerful at building rich, authentic relationships. Yeah. But again, I think if you are used to living uh, with a protected heart, which you're doing all the work on that, uh, or as a survivor, to talk about living vulnerable feels really really scary but the fact is healing actually lies on the other side of being vulnerable and feeling your feelings amen um chip writes something brilliant in his book when we tell the truth about hurt others can help us heal healing sets us free from lowered expectations counterfeit fulfillments hopelessness resignation and toxic shame about how we're made one of the gifts of hurt is that it gets us in touch with our needs very quickly so that's the gift. If we if we feel our hurt, it leads us to healing, and it leads us to the courage to find that healing, which is beautiful. But AJ, what about the impairment? <gasps> the impairment. Oh, it's resentment, isn't it? Yeah. If we f- refuse to feel our hurt, we move into resentment. Now, ask me, what's so wrong with resentment? Alan, what's so wrong with resentment? Well, the major problem with resentment is... Um, when we move into resentment, we refuse to look at the internal focus of our pain and we move all of that focus onto external things. So it's the government's fault, it's the church's fault, it's the liberals' fault, it's the, the, the conservatives' fault. It's anything else other than what's going on in here. Right. So it's really lonely to live with somebody in resentment, really yeah. hurtful to live with somebody in resentment, yeah. ironically. Resentment really denies the heart. It denies the humanity of, of feeling hurt. And if I'm in resentment and refusing to feel my pain, you better believe I'm not going to let you feel your pain. Right. And so I'm just not going to be a safe person to anybody who's in pain. Right. Because I'm going to be like, suck it up. You know, you think it's bad. Let me tell you what's going on. You know, let me tell you what I've overcome. And it's not about overcoming. It's about denial. Yeah. I used to do that, actually. I have a funny story. Tell the story. (laughs) Tell the story. Well, I remember, I can't, you know, I remember going with, we brought our whole youth group uh, to go and see Titanic, which 
questionable decision right there anyway. But anyway, we brought the whole youth group to go see this movie. And at one point during the movie, you know, there's like 18 of us. We're all in a row and everybody starts crying. Well, during this season of my life, I didn't feel any emotions. Like I, everything was just locked down, Mm -hmm. you know? And, uh, so anyway, people start boohooing about the movie. Describe boohooing. You know, people are openly weeping they're, and they're crying weeping and, and crying, emoting. You know, emoting at the movie, and uh, and I lean forward and and yell down the row, "Oh, suck it up, would you? It's a movie." <laughs> that was um, one of my banner moments as a youth leader. AJ bringing course correction to the youth of Canada. <laughs> <laughs> my my story with with uh, like not feeling my own hurt was AJ and I went away. We've got some dear friends called Chester and Betsy Kilstra. They run a ministry called Restoring the Foundations, a very, very uh, powerful ministry at the work on the inner parts of your heart. And so we're with them. We went away for like six, seven days of intense uh, It was ministry. supposed to be five, but they kept extending it. <laughs> yes. Yes, they did. Uh, yeah, I need to go back to them and go like, oh, yes. Okay. Yeah, so sorry right. about that. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we're with them, and at one point, uh, we're do- I'm doing like one-on-one therapy or two-on-one. It's Chester and Betsy in the same room with me. And at one point, Chester basically just kind of kicks back on his chair and and just says, "Well, Alan, I I guess uh, congratulations are in order." And I'm like, "Well, why is that?" He's like, "Well, you've matured yourself to the point where you no longer need Jesus." And I'm like, oh, I, I, beg, <laughs> I, I beg your pardon? He's like, well, Jesus came, you know, Jesus said that he came to heal the brokenhearted and bind up those who are crushed in spirit. And wow, you don't even feel hurt. So like, there, there's just no need for him in your life. And so I know he's joking, but I'm backpedaling to try and defend myself and like talk about what, you know, like, what are you talking about? And he's like, well, scripture encourages us to pour out our lament to the Lord. Yeah. And, and it sounds like you just don't have any negative feelings. You don't have any hurts and uh, honestly in that moment i was thinking yeah because to have a negative emotion means that you're spiritually weak to allow yourself to be hurt by somebody means you haven't spiritually matured now that i'm a spiritual giant right i can allow myself to you know belittle myself by feeling some sort of (laughs) negative emotion by this this just this mere human who's hurt me behold the man of god So I like that was a wake up call for me like wow like now of course in my head I didn't think I have matured out of my need for Jesus but the way I was living my life was saying that as such it's like it's okay god I, I don't need I, your got help. I, I got I, this I got this I weather the storm watch this kevlar teflon right ding ding all this hurt just bounces off me and it just simply wasn't true at all now, uh, consider the irony of that. I'm a people helper. I'm a pastor. I'm supposed to sit with the brokenhearted. If I'm not willing to, uh, to face my own pain and my own broken heart, how can I possibly offer anything of care or compassion or or encouragement to people who are broken? Yeah. My advice is just going to be, hey, suck it up. Like, here's some verses. Take two a day. You'll be fine. Yeah. A verse band-aid. Here you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. Isn't resentment just old pain that we've never dealt with and just it leads us to distrust others? Oh, absolutely. Sometimes resentment is there because we are unhappy with the way life has turned out, right? And so we've got this idea of what life should look like. And then we're angry at everybody else or angry at God or angry at ourselves that our experience isn't matching up to what we demand that it would be. And that can lead us to resentment where we're not... We're not engaging with the life we have because we're demanding a life we don't have. 
the Bible puts it this way. This this is probably I say this about every verse. I was going to say this is probably one of my favorite verses in the Bible, it's and true. it's true. It yeah. really is one of my favorite yeah, verses. Yeah. But it's so powerful. This is um, Proverbs nineteen verse three, and it says this: People ruin their lives by their own foolishness, and are then angry at the Lord. Ugh. Let me read that again. People ruin their lives by their own foolishness and then are angry at the Lord. The The Bible is, is just talking about this whole resentment. I can think of so many times in my own life when I've resented God because his prophetic words didn't come to pass or this thing that, uh, you know, this promise that he's said in Scripture. And by the way, I've been declaring, declaring and tithing, and it hasn't come true. And, and now maybe I'm, not even a promise, maybe even just like a want that right? you didn't get. I'm angry at the Lord yeah. while refusing to take any responsibility for the choices that I have made. Um some of those choices are directly about refusing to admit that I'm hurt. And so, yeah, resentment is something we really, really want to move out of. I love the bit in Chip's book where he says this, vulnerability to hurt initiates a bomb for your pain. Willingness to surrender to your pain begins healing. In admitting pain and reaching for help, you find healing. However, you need to reach to those who know the experience of hurt and healing themselves, not those in denial. Yeah, thanks, Chip. <laughs> Ouch. I, I would have been one of the people totally in denial. And that, that's a key thing. Like a lot of the questions we've had when we've done our Instagram lives is like, how do I feel my feelings? And my encouragement is like, start with you in the Lord. Psalm 139 says this beautiful thing about search me, O God, know my heart. Like if you will do that, the Holy Spirit will be so good at coming alongside you and knowing your heart, leading you into what you're feeling, even if you're not yet aware of that's what you're feeling. Yeah. One of the most damaging things you could do is start being vulnerable with all this feelings work with those who've not done any feelings work. Right. Because, you know, if they don't have a value for it in their own life, they're certainly not going to value it in yours. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I would definitely say if you're in a place where it's hard for you to identify what you're feeling or mm -hmm. what your needs are, um, stillness is one of your best tools for that. And just literally setting aside time to ask the Lord because he actually knows your heart better than you do, you know, mm -hmm. and have a conversation. Um, I often, if I feel stuck, will put on soaking music and just connect with the Lord. And then I start to feel the things that I've been running from, but I can start to have a conversation. You know, the problem with asking the Holy Spirit to help you know what's going on in your heart. He helps you know what's going on with your heart. Yeah, <laughs> You can't run at that point. Like my, my, favorite recent time is that is i'm in the pantry and i'm scanning the shelves and the holy <laughs> spirit's like are you hungry or are you lonely you're like oh <laughs> and i was like can't hear you when i'm eating doritos my feelings taste delicious <laughs> my feelings are crunchy and spicy <laughs> Well, anyway, that's our first feeling. It's hurt. The gift of hurt is if we feel our hurt, we discover healing and our courage to begin the journey to healing. If we don't feel our hurt, we're going to end up in resentment and everybody else is, you know, all the feelings of resentment are going to come out sideways, which makes us not fun to be around. Um, 
And so, yeah, practice feeling your feelings. Just a reminder, you can get these episodes a number of different ways. You can uh, look for Keeping Up With The Joneses in any podcast client. Mm -hmm. You can uh, watch the videos if you go to alanandaj.com, A-L-Y-N, alanandaj.com. You can watch the videos. You can also listen to the podcast there. If you go to the website, you'll also get our show notes as well. If you're on a mobile device or you want to watch it on TV, our videos of these episodes are also available on our YouTube channel youtube.com slash alan and aj nice we've also been doing instagram live and we're going to do it again this upcoming week so that will be on april 24th which is a friday it's a friday at 10 a.m uh, central, central standard, standard time yeah. yeah it's just an opportunity for us to be with you like we literally record this in our basement and send it out and it's just an opportunity for you to hang out with us for an hour or so uh we get to ask you no, you get to ask us questions. Maybe we'll ask you questions this time. Ooh, just going to be together. If there's questions yeah. that come up from this podcast, you're welcome to reach out to us on social media. We are at Alan and AJ on all the social medias except TikTok because I'm old and I don't know what that is. Me neither. Uh, or you can just join us. Just <laughs> I jump thought it's on only Instagram. for dancing, TikTok. Well, then I've been missing out because I've got moves. We're going to launch needs our to know. TikTok career. This time next week, we'll have our own TikTok channel. We will oh, dear. Not. No. no. I have feelings. Mostly. <laughs> I have a lot of feelings about fear that. <laughs> and shame and deep sadness and loneliness about dancing on TikTok. Yeah, let's not. Yeah. Yeah. But thanks for being with us. If you want to read the show notes for this week, go to ellenandaj.com as well. And wash your hands. Stay home. Reach out. Feel your feelings. Journal. Um, yeah, shoot us an email, reach out. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for being with us. We'll see you next week. Bye. Faith, life, communication, tacos and video games. Paleo donuts and the kindness of God are things we deal with every day. From Franklin, Tennessee, they are just like you and me. Oh, yeah. Keeping up with the Joneses, keeping up with the Joneses, sharing their life experiences. Keeping up with the Joneses, keeping up with the Joneses. They talk about faith in God and everything under the sun. If you are a human being, there's something here for everyone.